Blog Talk Radio. You used to call me on my. You used to, you used to. Yeah. You used to call me on my cell phone. Day night when you need my love. Call me on my cell phone. Day night when you I left the city, you got a reputation for yourself now. Everybody knows when I feel left off. Girl, you got me down, you got me stressed out. Cause ever since I left the city, you started wearing less and going out more. Glasses of champagne out on the dance floor. Hanging with some girls I never seen before. Call me on my cell phone Late night when you need my love Call me on my cell phone Late night when you need my love I know when that hotline bleed That can only mean one thing Since I left the city, you, 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 you and me, we just don't get along. You make me feel like I did you wrong. Going places where you don't belong. Ever since I left the city, you, you got exactly what you asked for. Running out of pages in your passport. Hanging with some girls I've never seen before. You used to call me on my cell phone Late night when you need my love Call me on my cell phone Late night when you need my love And I know when that hotline bleed That can only mean one thing
Listen, have you been right at the point of ready? Perfect shoes, perfect dress, perfect hair, perfect makeup, and you look a fool. Well, we're going to stop all that right now. Kevin Foster is the person for you. Aside from him being able to travel to you, being known for his white tape series, he offers a unique experience that's very, very inexpensive. It'll be worth the money that you spend. Prices start at $125. If you would like an appointment with Kevin, call 770-407-9025 to set an appointment. Tell him that the Emperor sent you. It's Instagram, Facebook, or on KFOS Photography. Tell him the Emperor sent you. You look bad, you feel bad, and your bedroom gymnastics just are plain done. You ain't on fleek. The best way to tap into your inner sexy is to find it with Nia Jackson. Yes, Nia is the owner and operator of PYT Studios. And listen. Let's say you want to learn how to twerk. What about pole dancing? What about booty pop? What about just learning a sexy dance for his next birthday? Yes, she is here in Hoover. She will help you learn your pace, carve out that tone, sexy body that you have, while all at the same time teaching you how to be a beast in the bedroom. Contact Nia at PYTstudios.com or call her at 205-444-0066. Tell her the Empress sent you. The Empire is a place where I talk, you talk, but everybody gets to talk. It's where you can speak openly, honestly, and without worry or hesitation about being politically correct. It's your forum to discuss what matters to you and to me. Individual expressions are boring and they can create nothing but a monologue. Who wants to know all about just me? I want to know about you. So if you want to tell it like it is, The Empire is where it's going to go down. Check Facebook or my website for showtimes and days as those days and times may change. For more information, contact me at EmpressCooperDavidson at gmail.com or by my website at www.TheEmpress.com. For when the Empire speaks, the Empress listens. This is yours truly, the Empress Cooper. I am here tonight on the Empire. Tonight we're going to be talking about the holidays, not the good things, not the jingle bells, not the bright lights, not all the money that we spend, but the holiday blues. This is a time of year that is traditionally the opposite lot of feeling, the opposite of what we would expect goes on for millions of people. Uh, And not everyone is very excited about the holidays. As a matter of fact, more people than not have total anxiety the closer that it gets to this season. Um, It's very often called sad, not just sad as in the adjective, uh, but the acronym, seasonal, uh, seasonal, and I can't even find it right now, seasonal depression. Uh, it is a type of depression that is an affective disorder that we're going to talk about tonight. But before that, I just want to introduce you to some thoughts of what's coming next week. Next week is going to be off the meter. Next week on Tuesday, October the 27th, Detective Christopher Anderson of the Birmingham Homicide Squad here in Birmingham, Alabama, will be on the Empire with us. We're going to talk about what we need to do and what we don't need to do when it comes to the criminal justice system. He, of course, is one of the stars of uh, First 48 Birmingham. 
I guess it's a job that comes with some highs and lows, and I'm guessing that it's probably not excited to be known as the guy who solves the murders, but hey, that's what he does, and he does a great job, so we're going to talk to him about plea bargains in particular, because I really thought that it would be of best interest for our communities, and particularly our black males, since they are being killed and incarcerated at record numbers the last several years. To get more information on how to avoid these types of situations, and I know some people would say, oh, this is just common sense, but more often than not, people are doing things that are uh, blemishing the rest of their lives. It does not have to be a life sentence. It does not have to be something that curves your ability for the rest of your life. So we're going to talk with him and get more information about that. And then on Thursday, it's going to get grown and sexy. I was just talking to one of my cousins who lives out of town. Uh, the particular topic is something that I don't want him to hear me talk about because I'm going to be just as candid as I am about every subject that we talk about here on the Empire. And I'm hoping that he does not listen on that night. But the truth is the truth, regardless of whether I do it or not, whether or not I partake in that truth telling. Um, it is just the truth. And we're going to talk about sex. Yeah, we're going to talk about the difference between what it is to make love and just plain old effing. You know, I can't say the F word until we get to that show that night because I think that is one of the worst words that you can say in the world unless you're in the throes of that activity. Now, I'm not going to do this all by myself. I'm going to have a special guest who is known as uh, the mouth of Houston, Texas. He is um, our own Sean Bayoun. He's been on the show with us one other time. And in just looking at some of his poetry writings, I thought it would be great for him to talk about something that he finds ease with. So I, uh, I was several videos just to see. If I could, could forget him, I would, please believe me, and I know that I should throw the towel in, but baby it's not, not that easy, hey, you treat me so much better than him. And if I was sane, there'd be no competition, but I'm in love with someone else, and I'm so sorry, hey, hey, I'm in love with another man. And I know it ain't right Hey You should go and find someone else Who can treat you right Give you the world Someone who understands the man you are Cause baby you shine so bright and I would just dim your star A girl who treats you like you treat them Boy, I know there's plenty of women Who would love to have a man like you But I'm in love With someone else 
what I did to you, baby. Images of love and joy 
build a storefront, see screens, magazine pages. For a lot of people, the reality is is that it's not very cheerful when it comes to the holidays. It's the end of the year. There's stress about the end of the year. Deadlines, people's families have been in dysfunction the entire year, and holidays don't stop that either. So there's usually a lot more expression of poor eating, poor drinking habits, of work, uh, overextension, anything that's lacking in your life, somehow, some way, sometimes, for some people, show up during the holiday times. And that's not to say that this is um, a disease process that cannot be cured, but it just needs to be something that is at least noted. A lot of people think just because everybody's celebrating there are endless parties. There's an endless amount of alcohol, it seems. No matter where you go, uh, you can get something to drink and something to eat, no matter where you go, whether whether you're at home, at work, at play. There's always a party, and it starts off usually for a lot of areas uh, around uh, the after Labor Day. After Labor Day, it seems like there's an uh, endless amount of, of something to do. The weather is usually a lot more accommodating for outdoor activities, and so there are more celebrations. Now, the feelings of depression are normal, depending upon what is going on in that person's life. I'm not saying that everybody should be walking around depressed, but certainly there are things in life that occur where depression is absolutely appropriate. But with all emotions, there should never be an extended amount of that emotion and it shouldn't uh, be excessive past the time of recovery. And depression is that as well. Now, the month of December, and you can check this out. This is not something I'm making up. But particularly for the month of December, it's a difficult time for most families, period. Just most families deal with a lot of conflict. Uh, breakups and divorces sometimes happen at the end of the year because it is a fiscal year. A lot of mental illnesses shore up during the month of December. Now, during the holidays, some people's moods are excessive. You know, they're really excessive the whole year around, but during these times, it's almost given a pass for you to be excessive in different ways. And it's, uh, experts call this the blues, the holiday blues, and it's a real phenomenon. And there are very evidences, uh, very uh, apparent evidence that some people even just pass off as something totally different. Sometimes people don't even realize that this is truly uh, a mental health issue. Uh, the holidays just help to kind of, like I said, shore it up. And, uh, and some of the risk factors that come along with this I want to discuss with you tonight. Now, um, I know for me, I, I will go ahead and get this out because every time it starts to get cool, and I've noticed I've been divorced. This is not something new for me. I noticed that during the time uh, after the heat goes away from the summer, I get into this lull. I get into this place where it's hard for me to be happy. It's hard for me to find satisfaction in the things that I want. Um, I overeat all year long, so I can't even use that as an excuse, but there, these are things that are very, very particular that doctors have even noted as a part of the SAD syndrome. Now, some of the things that you can do to just realize it, um, you, you, don't, you, you don't even, 
identify these because it's so common. When the holidays come, sometimes before Labor Day is even here and gone, some places used to put up Christmas and Thanksgiving paraphernalia. Right now, the biggest craze, and I think it's probably swept everywhere, is Halloween. Halloween has become almost as big, if not bigger. Thanksgiving is a national holiday. Halloween, too, is a calendar holiday. Not every area of the world celebrates it, but for some reason, it has gotten so much more press and so much more marketing than other other, um, holidays that people are not not even ashamed to before before they can even get in school. Well, they're putting skeletons and bats and, and, and witches and all those sorts of things up in the air. Now, the people have anticipated that what they see in the media and what they feel should be the expression of the holiday spirit as the way that the holidays should play out in their world. But there are some major risk factors that holiday depression can have on people if you don't uh, recognize them. The very first being this, people have an anticipatory uh, belief that because you see on television all of these things that you're going to be able to accomplish, all of these celebrations that you're going to be able to uh, attend uh, are going to happen in your life as well. And the truth of the matter is, is it's very disappointing. And it's actually a setup for a letdown for most people. Usually, most families that have had strife in their immediate uh, past or in the year or years past, they bring this to the forefront, particularly at these times. No other time are you going to be able to address how angry your aunt or your mom or your dad or your sister or your brother uh, made you two weeks ago, two months ago, two years ago except for there's this big dinner that everybody knows is going to happen on Thanksgiving or on Christmas. So people get set up for some very unrealistic expectations, and it puts pressure on the entire family, but particularly usually the person who's doing a lot of the servicing, a lot of the entertaining. I know for me, our family has always gotten together, and we put together potlucks. It happens in such a way where nobody has the brunt of everything. But with the recent losses in, in, in my family in particular, excuse me, last several years, there's been an obvious difference and an obvious void that's been there. There are some things and happenings that um, nobody kind of could, I guess, realize the loss of when um, it's no longer available. Um, so you have to realize that the holidays do end and that the gatherings that you have, instead of it focusing on the culmination of what's happened up to this holiday period time, it can actually be a time to realize that you should be grateful for what you have in stock. And it probably can be the best antidote to depression that is being gratitude. Just a time for you to reflect on what you do have, a time to reflect on where you are, uh, not what you have lost. Now, one of the biggest issues with holiday and um, holiday uh, stresses and blues is that people just do too much. During the holidays, people try to do everything. They have the perfect holiday planning. They have the perfect holiday decoration. They have 
yet uh, to give uh, RSVP to. They have anxiety about what they're going to plan, what they're going to eat, what they're going to wear, when the pictures are going to be made. I mean, everything is always uh, picture perfect in your mind. And when it comes down to time and situation and the regular mundane things of life being added into it, it can become overwhelming. People become bogged down by being perfectionistic. Now, I'm not a perfectionist. I'm one of those people that as long as they, you know, pretty much get together, all right, it'll it'll do it. But there are some people who are very oriented to things in a particular way, and these people work under pressure most times anyway. These holiday periods are, make make them that much more prone to anxiety and depression and stress. And if you don't understand the level of stress, all it would take is for a bride to tell you about a wedding. It's the same type of um, anxiety that comes. Uh, people just contribute too much to a very short amount of time and have higher expectations than is possible. It is being realistic. There is very little that one person can do for a family of hundreds by themselves. And sometimes it seems that very way for these, you know, personality types. Now, when you want to have everything perfect, even planning well ahead is not going to change the objective of things just not being perfect. There is, it is bound for something to happen in a way that's not perfect. And when things fall through, it even adds to the more. And because uh, Christmas holidays and Thanksgiving holidays are extended past the actual day themselves, there's lots of preparations for the both of them, especially if you have one of these families like I have where there's lots of preparation for food and provision and exchanges. Um, aside from those things, the regular things of life, like just being a mom and just being a provider, if you're a husband, just getting to work and getting home and getting the regular stuff done, getting the yard clean. But besides those things, you add all these holiday festivities, it's impossible for things to be done all completely well. But people do attempt it all the time, and that, too, does add into an additional amount of stress. Another thing is comparing your insides to someone else's outsides. And, and, of course, we all look at holidays in a way from what we see. I mean, for major holidays like what's coming up, the Thanksgiving and, and Christmas holidays, people look for grandiosity. They look for the lights. They look for the flash. They look for the excessiveness. Some people plan well into a year prior for you know, the coming Christmas, so that they can have the bang that they want for their book. But both in real life and on social media, it's difficult for people to avoid comparing themselves when they're around other people, particularly during Christmas time. And if you have a less than perfect family, a past trauma from like this past year or less than the holiday full year, when you compare your experiences to other person's experiences, sometimes it may create a legitimate level of loss and sadness. I know that this year is going to be extremely difficult for me. I've lost over the last three years very significant persons in holiday times for me, and this year I lost my mom. So it's going to be different. I totally understand that. So I'm not even – I've already set up in my mental that things will be different. 
It's not going to feel the same, and I'm going to be okay with it, but it is when you do not understand that what has happened in your life is a culmination of where you are today when the problems occur. So don't create these comparisons. You know, people's basis for comparisons are not based on reality most times, and they would like to have it as they remember in their childhood. Now, for me, childhood, it was almost like an endless room of gifts is what I can remember uh, then. But when I'm realistic, there are probably two or three gifts that we got um, from my mom and dad, and then we would get others from aunts and uncles. And, you know, the older I got, I can remember the anticipation that I'm going to go over here and see them, but they're always bearing gifts. And it always made me feel some type of way because I wasn't in a financial state to be able to give back the same manner. Even my now being older and away from my family, it haunts me that there is so much preparation away from me for these holidays. And I have tried to create my own Christmas and my own Thanksgiving and holiday spirits for my children when I was married. And in the last five years, I mean, it's just transition in life period, I'm going from being a married person able to provide a home with this great big Christmas tree and lots of gifts for the kids and surprises and getting things together to now having to put that same emotion into a very, very much more small package for my children. And I do it because I want them to be excited about the holidays. I want them to understand that there is some reaping at the end of the year, but I don't want them to be unexpectedly uh, comparing themselves to what they get and what other children get. So you have to be very careful about that. Try to not compare what your availability is with others because you'll never be able to know it all. You'll never be able to see inside the inside of those persons what they got uh, or what it took for them to get to that place. So it's never a comparison. Um, One of the things that I noticed, um, because for so long as a nurse, I worked in the hospital uh, system on purpose because I was single with no children. Uh, Before being married, I worked several years as a nurse with no children. I mean, it was really, really big for people who had children and people who had uh, families away to get away for the holidays. And for me, I felt like I was my own island. I didn't feel like I needed to ask for time. As a matter of fact, it was some of the most calm times of the year because it was a predictable uh, happening. There were going to be alcohol. There were going to be some overdoses. There were going to be some fights. And there were going to be maybe a couple babies threatening because of the anxiety of the, of the of the season. So it's a really easy shift for me to work, so it didn't bother me that much at all. But when it came to uh, self-care, a lot more often than not, and I, I didn't realize this until I did a little bit of research on this, and it is absolutely true, more people in the December, uh, being the busiest time of the year, fall outside of their regular health care and social obligations than any other time of the year. Most people uh, have higher work pressures. They have more things on their calendar. Their medical uh, practices, maybe they walk or they run or they do yoga or they ride cycles, those types of things, the closer you get to December, the less of that occurs. And what's interesting is that we all know in the media 
at the beginning of the year, there's this boost of health craze. People go on these crazy diets because there is an anticipation that there's going to be flat, black, and excessive eating and drinking during these holidays. So it's pretty much proven, in addition to the increased stress, eating poorly, and drinking, all of these happen to actually make your anxiety and depression worse. So it is of most importance to take care of yourself. Don't overdrink. Don't overeat. Do your regular routines and exercise. Whatever you do to keep yourself together during the year, you need to also do it at the end of the year. And people don't understand that. I've heard people say, and I've even seen people quote and um, actually type or, or, or supposedly confess that drinking calms them a lot more so and that it alleviates stress when the truth of the matter is it just downs you so it moves you from the truth of your situation and your stress and anxiety can actually worsen because the chemical happenings that alcohol has on you actually potentiates the same chemical reaction that happens in your brain with regard to depression. So the feelings of feeling down are actually exacerbated, which means that they get worse as you drink. So drinking doesn't really help you feel any better. It just makes so much sweet, but the stress level is still there and sometimes actually is even higher. And I had talked to you at the beginning of the show about seasonal affective disorder, and, and it's called SAD for short, S-A-D, but it's seasonal affective disorder. And this actually is a true disorder that occurs when winter approaches, and there's a lunar happening with the earth where the days are a lot shorter, the nights are a lot longer, the mood and the temperament of the environment and atmosphere is just just a lot more depressed, and it's called winter blues. Now, this is a natural happening, but when people have all these happenings during this season of the year, they may have a form of depression known as SAD seasonal affective disorder. And according to some of the doctors, people who suffer from it, they actually, it's brought on by seasonal events, by national holidays, by national occurrences. And you can actually get something to treat you for that because it's not something that you turn on just particularly because the seasons are coming. It's just a natural happening. It's sort of kind of like what happens in the hospital when a person has been in the ICU too long, when there has been a desensitizing of just basic reaction, and now there's an overreaction, and it kind of drives you mad. We call it ICU psychosis. The same thing happens in the world with situations like phases. Um And the thing about this is a lot of people just don't know that depression is appropriate. Depression is a a sign of something having happened. Um, That depression can be an okay symptom if it's typical and appropriate to the length of the the happening in that person's life. Now, if your life for the last many years has always been the same and nothing's basically changed, there's not been a whole lot happening in when the holidays come, yeah, you probably have that. But when you have major life events like a birth, and these don't all have to be negative. They can actually be some positive happenings. Children being born, graduation, travel, moving from one place to another place, death, uh, wrecks, 
a change in employment. Lots of different things can change what is the norm in your life, and there should be a refractory time that's related to the gravity of that happening. Now, if you went from a home where everybody was actually being taken care of by one sole provider and that provider loses their job, that's significant. That's just as significant as someone who has a physical loss of a loved one. So depending on the level of the event and how heavy it can weigh into the loss in that situation, depression may be appropriate, but it's not appropriate when it's prolonged for a period of time. A lot of people experience negative life changes. Um, and depression can be either clinical or chronic. And some people think, you know, and a lot of people, I've heard people say, I've even said it myself, I just feel depressed. And when I say that, I'm just saying that I don't feel like doing what I know my emotion is going to call for for the day. But when some people say depression, they have the inability to function appropriately or deal with or grab hold of what's going on in their life. It should not create some of the changes that I'm about to discuss with you. And a lot of people don't even know that this is happening to them. You can see it a lot more so in the geriatric population, and it's not because they're older. It's just because there are particular routines that are just about customary with that population of people. Uh, Spontaneity is not quite as uh, uh, evident with them. So when there's a drastic change, usually it sticks out like a thumb. A pretty active person may not notice some of these subtle changes, and it's because they are active, not because you're young, you better. It's just saying that the clinical depression uh, sufferers don't um, sometimes have expressive, just way out of the way uh, notes of problems. One of the biggest problems with people who suffer with chronic depression is fatigue. And I don't know anybody that doesn't complain of not getting enough rest. People who lack sleep, I was talking to a man today at the CDS, and he was getting ready to go to work, had slept only four hours, and was getting him two Red Bulls and saying that he was going to have to pull 12 hours today, and hopefully he would be able to sleep tonight me knowing that he was probably going to be up all night. But that may have been a simple symptom of real depression. People who actually can fall asleep, but they never sleep soundly through the night. Uh, But the opposite may also be the truth as well. People who are excessively sleepy, who feel like they cannot get out of the bed, getting out of the bed becomes a struggle, and your relationship with sleep and rest gives space other maladaptive disorders like overeating or not eating at all. Some people who don't sleep, my category right here, you can't sleep at night, so what do you do? You get out of the bed and you crave something to eat. It doesn't matter what it is. The relationship with food becomes an exchange for sleep. And very rarely do people just consistently overindulge, it's just they choose a lot of foods that are just not even going to be helpful for the sleep cycle. So when you're faced with crushing fatigue and you don't eat right, it's a double whammy and depression sometimes can hit you even harder. Um, 
dealing with chronic depression over a long period of time will take a toll on your body. And some people majorly complain of just pretty vague symptoms like sleeves and not feeling well, but sometimes there are even more specific, like digestive problems, cramps, constipation, or diarrhea. Like some people are consistently saying that all of a sudden my entire body starts to ache, I don't feel well, I'm complaining of a headache, a headache that just won't go away even when medicated. Your body is fighting you and your emotional state will sink lower and lower into yourself, into the pits of depression if you do nothing about it. And a lot of people don't like to hear about medications and taking medicines for depression, but the truth of it is is that if you do not take care of your body fight to be in this low state of depression, it will express itself in a physical way that will become a medical problem. Um, One of the other issues with regard to chronic depression is that um, just general and basic interests that you've always had, now suddenly you don't even want to take time for. You don't want to spend time with your family and friends. There's no motivation or spark to be creative where you naturally would write or you naturally would paint or you naturally would do things. You feel like you're stuck in a rut and you don't want to do anything anymore other than sleep and maybe wake up and eat. Those are actual really true signs of depression. And, you know, sometimes it's not seen quite as clearly in the non-working person. We see it a lot often in school-age children where the school uh, grades drop during the season. You know, school is set in, I think it's four or nine-week periods. And you can see during the November-December period, it has nothing to do with holiday and travel because there's actually less school during those times. So technically the grades should be a little bit better. But the truth of the matter is sometimes with depressed students, those grades will drop. And if you're unemployed during this season with all of what's happening, you know, there's also a significantly more uh, depressed state that a lot of people can be. And, of course, anytime you're struggling with depression, sometimes you can be overwhelmed with thoughts of just wanting to get out of it. I recently had a coworker of mine who ended up, finding herself in a place that she just was not happy with. And it was just that way. I understand where she was. And I actually, in hindsight, went back and looked at some of the things she was doing. She had been reaching out to a lot of us to do things that were just not characteristic of her. When you find someone who is pretty much well-known to you and their activities are pretty much well-known, and suddenly they're very much out of character, They're very much doing things and saying things and and acting in ways that may not be typical for them. Life-changing can do that, but depression can. And she attempted to kill herself not once but twice. And the second attempt was almost a fatal attempt. And this is the thing. A lot of the time we're celebrating so much that we don't pay attention to when people are not celebrating, where we're having so much fun and we're going through the motions so much so that the people literally right around us we're not paying attention to, and that's that that's uh, not good. Struggling with chronic depression um, takes place people to places that are very dark in their mind, and they aren't able to make sense of what is the truth. 
they feel and rationalize in their mind that if they can just stop the feeling of emptiness and depression, which in most cases has gone to a biological expression that to end it all seems like the very perfect solution or the way out. We know it. We've seen it. Uh, One of the biggest shockers of my life uh, was a friend of mine in high school who supposedly killed himself. Now, I, I still don't think that he did, but it comes right back to home when you see that there are things that you may not have uh, paid attention to, not that you're supposed to be a watchdog, but if you can see certain things in other people and if you're aware in other people, their truth, sometimes you can see your own. And it, it I know after losing my grandmother, I knew after losing my marriage, and I knew after losing a lot of things and stuff that I was going to have to recoup for the comfort of my children, not to mention I can live out of a box. But I knew that I was entering into a realm where I couldn't do anything. I couldn't laugh hard enough to really be happy. I couldn't cry hard enough to empty the sorrow. I knew that there was something that I needed to do. And I was actually in the doctor's office with an ailment in my leg. I have, you know, my leg was broken during an altercation. And in that, I was just trying to tell him that I needed something for the pain and I didn't want to have anything surgical done. And I overwhelmed with tears. Now, this just happened to be around Thanksgiving, and I knew that I was going to have to be around a lot of other people. I knew that they knew I was divorcing. I knew that they knew that there was something that went absolutely wrong in my relationship, and they may be interested in knowing what that was. And I just was emotionally tapped out to the point that I just didn't know what I was going to do. I was not suicidal, but I needed something to take me away from these feelings and emotions that I felt like were super out of control. There was nothing I could do about the divorce. There was nothing I could do about the losses in my income, the losses of, of just literal losses. There's nothing that I could do about a lot of those things. And I went to the doctor for a physical ailment, and he saw straight through to me having an emotional breakdown. And he said, you, ma'am, are depressed. He said, you are severely depressed. And I want to push you on something that's not only going to help you with your neurotic pain, because I had started to have pain in my joints like nothing. Like I wasn't working out. I don't know what was happening to my body, but what was happening is that the emotional stresses and depression that I had was pushing through to my body. I immediately gained 30 pounds and then lost it. Uh, I also started to have ailments with my joints. Because I just was not, I just, actually, if I did not have anything pressing to do, like go to work, pee, or take my children to school, I was in the bed and I was sleeping. So my body and my mind had taken a hiatus on where my spirit was, and I was trying with everything that I could do not to be depressed. But the thing about it is, is you do not treat depression. It will overcome the other parts of your faculty. This is not... uh, this is not a, a, a losing situation to identify that you have an issue um, with with life. And to think that uh, jingle bells, lights, bright lights, or anything like that is going to change your body's availability to recoup from that is just not fair. 
You may think that it uh, will recoup on its own, but it absolutely cannot in all instances. And it just depends on the amount of support that you have around you. Take a quick break and we'll be right Are you tired? Are you sick and tired? Are you just plain done? Well, that's where I am and we're going to change things. Here on The Empire, we change by informing, organizing, and doing things that really make a difference. If you have an organization or a program that is for the betterment of the human experience, that's where we're going to start. To be a part of this movement, please contact me. I am the Empress Cooper on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or email me at EmpressCooperDavison at gmail.com. Or just hit me up on my website, www.TheEmpress.com, where the Empress speaks and the Empire listens. Listen, I know that change won't just happen overnight. But nobody's going to change this but us. I was listening very intently to uh, a video that was sent to me and that I actually sent to a friend of mine, and it had something to do with accepting the place in which you are. Now, I'm a person who I don't necessarily have to be uh, liked by everyone. I've never been that type of person. Everybody likes to be accepted, but I don't necessarily have to be like. I could care less whether or not you actually like me. It doesn't drive me to do anything, but I do want to be understood. And depression actually fed into that part of my personality because I denied that I had any issue with myself, and I didn't care whether anybody uh, – worried for me or not. It was very easy for me to do that. Um, uh, This time of the year uh, is filled with people celebrating about a little bit of everything. You don't have to be a religious person. You don't even have to be a big spender. You don't even have to be a parent. You don't even have to have any children. There will be something to celebrate from this point through the end of the year into the beginning of the year. That is just how it works with holiday spirit, do understand that just because you don't have the things that other people have, it doesn't take away from you being you. Just because you don't have a big laid out table of food and people and laughter and gifts exchange, it doesn't take away the significance of you. The truth of the matter is is that the real spirit of holiday is to recognize where you are in the moment that you are. Sometimes it's reflective and you have to look back and see that there are some losses in your life, and it should bring you to a place of gratitude where you can move forward and have more in your life. Now, some people may not be able to do the second part and move forward. They can only deal with where they are because their losses are a little bit more significant. I do anticipate that this will be the feeling that I have and several other people. I know other people in my immediate life who have two lost families, who have two lost jobs, who have two lost relationships. So just to say be grateful for where you are is just not going to get it. But I do want to say this. It's significant that you're still present and still here. There are other people who are in loss as well. I met with someone on Periscope just today saying that there's not a lot that they have because they're, uh, she says she's divorced, has two children, recently lost her mother, I think she said last June. And I was shocked at the similarity and where she is and I am because I had that same testament to her 
And this is the other part of holiday that a lot of people miss. This is the opportunity for you to meet with people who are in the same space of loss as you. A lot of people just want to get together and just say, we're going to get violent, we're going to get drunk, we're going to get it, have it going on, when it actually is an opportunity, both Thanksgiving and Christmas, in my opinion, to meet with people who particularly are in the same spaces as you. If you don't have a lot of income, if you don't have a lot of family, if you don't have particular uh, expressions of, you know, decor and all that sort of thing, I'm pretty sure with your knowing that that for sure for yourself that there's someone else that you also know is in that space. I, I, I know two or three already. And for me, Christmas and Thanksgiving has the opportunity for, to make new memories. It is an opportunity for you to pull yourself out of the depressed mode that you have been. Things that happen in your life don't necessarily have to always be an art. They don't have to always be a loss. They can absolutely be a platform for you to jump over into something new. The past that I have should not overshadow the potential future that I have. And I don't want this to end. Like, I'm not ready to die. I desperately um, miss my mother. I desperately miss having a significant person in my life. But what I do have is I have my health. I do have strength. And I do have two children that love me dearly. I do have a job, and I do have the ability to buy a few things for them if it's necessary, but I don't think they're going to get a whole lot because they can appreciate the day-to-day that I have. See, this I even guarantee the next day because you don't know how many people that I've had to zip up in a body bag on Thanksgiving or zip up in a body bag on Christmas or New Year's. Once it's done, it's done. So actually the holidays should be a reflective time. And if you look at it in the ways that I've just explained, every day can truly be a holiday. It doesn't have to be a lull. It doesn't have to be a down point. What you can do is share yourself just the simplest of what you have. I ain't saying you got to go buy no Bugatti. You got to buy no Michael Kors. You got to buy you know, some expensive gift exchange. As a matter of fact, some of the essence of that came from some of the holiday givings where they start putting limits on gifts because people were missing the giving of yourself to another person because you care about them or that you value the relationship or the, the way that you do know that person. And it's not in a monetary way. Listen, some of the most depressed persons have the most stuff in the world because stuff that can be reproduced and replicated and given over and upgraded are the things that don't make you have emotion. The things that make you have emotion cannot be man-made. These are the things that make people care or not. It's the things that you can't really put your hand on and you can't purchase it from a store. And when people are depressed, those are the places where they really feel their loss. It's not because they came by no big tree. It's not because they came by a thousand dollars worth of gifts. It's because the emotion that is necessary for the gift anyway is void in some way. So when you tap into that, you tap into the real reason for why the, the, the seasons are there. So just be careful. Keep your eyes open for who are less fortunate than you. Give from your heart. 
rather than from your wallet. And I think you'll have a more successful Christmas even, Christmas and Thanksgiving, even if you've had some losses, because when it comes from the right place, it resonates. It gives so much longer. Like that pecan pie, potato pie, it's going to be good. But it's going to last like a, a good hug and a good talk. A real I love you and I'm spending time with you because I care about you. Those are the things that make the difference for the holidays, and these are the things that are rescue people from their blues. It makes you stronger. Good night.
down to Leo, boy, with anything But I'm strong I'm still missing pieces after everything But I'm strong Can't believe it cause she says she never leaves But I'm strong But if she 